everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. For those of you who love to support Minneapolis Public Schools, I have an exciting conversation for you today. We get to spend time with two of our Minneapolis Public Schools finest students, Hattie and Ayana. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. All right. So you're both sophomores. Mm Mm-hmm means you've been in public schools a long time yes and in minneapolis public schools a long time yes all your lives no i came here in third grade okay um other than kindergarten yeah you're a lifer you've been in here a long time all right so the first question i have for both of you today is like how was your experience how was your experience in minneapolis public schools sort of shaped your view of public education um being in many of public schools definitely showed me that, I don't know, like, systemic racism is real mm. and that, I don't know, like, racism and bias is, like, infused within the structural education that is upon us. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Hattie. In um, what ways? Like, can you give examples of it's that? It's, like, just the way racism is in this world it's like it's there and it's not there at the same time it come and goes but at the same time like if you're too dang i kind of lost that's okay just keep going with it it's just like if once you click into it like when you realize Mm. you open your eyes and you see one person doing one thing that could be racist to another thing you start realizing it more and more as you journey on into the like where you're what environment you're in mm. what area you're in and it's kind of it's not scary but it's different because you don't know when you're gonna have to snap back mm. so in other words it feels like it's always in the walls but you don't know when it's going to be elevated or when something specific's going to come at you yeah what is that like to not know when the next thing is coming it's nerve-wracking, actually, because it's like, I don't know what I'm going to have to say or if I can even say anything at all mm. or if I have to let it pass by. Hmm. Anything you want to add to that, Hattie? I mean, it's it's like scary, but it's like it's reality, you know? It's mm-hmm. like an everyday thing. It's like it could happen in like five seconds, you know? You never know. So mm. I mean, But it's like it's reality, so it's the norm for me. So it's not like... I'm not waking up with a heavy heart thinking, oh, my God. You know, yeah. it's just like, I don't even, sometimes I don't even think about it. It's other people who aren't black would be like, how do you got to, you know? Hmm. Hmm. Um, have you ever had a teacher or an educator, experience, like, connect with you on a really deeply personal level? Yeah, I have. You want to say more? Um, well... Fortunately, I met Miss Keisha at um, a school in eighth grade, and she was a dean. She actually wasn't a teacher, but she was a staff. She was a dean, um, and she was black. She was a black woman, actually. She was very confident. Although she wasn't the principal, she, for us black kids, or even not even us black kids, for the Hispanics, um, everybody else, even whites, it felt like she was the enforcer. She was the black woman in charge. Mm, like she mm-hmm. was in charge, regardless if she was black or not, woman or not. She was the woman in charge. She was 
the person who dealt with when people had troubles, when people were sad, when people just needed someone to talk to, or when someone needed an auntie or a mom. Like, she was there. And, like, I... Regard, even if I wasn't black, there was always someone else who was in her office. If someone needed a break, she would be there for them. But I just felt like as a black girl, everyone needs a black woman in their life. And she was that black woman for me. Mm. It's powerful. Yana? Um, I'm going to have to say yes. Um, I had, <clears throat> I had, I guess you could say he was a dean as well. His name was Mr. Mike. Um, I went to a native school called Anishinaabe in the third grade. And he would come into my classroom every once in a while. And every time he came in, I just felt more appreciated in my classroom. Mm. Like I felt more comfortable because there was both sides of me in one room, but I couldn't connect on both sides without having to switch like instantly, you know, Mm -hmm. it was, to me, it was fun. It was great. Mm. Yeah. So what is something um, common? that educators do to black and indigenous students uh, or students of color every day in the classroom that they maybe not are not even aware of that they do, but you know and experience and can name and can kind of expect? I would have to say they would show biased ways, like actions and like, like the way they speak. Say more. Like, for example, let's say we're all taking a test a white teacher is going to look at a black kid to make sure they're not cheating. Or, for example, there could be a white kid on their phone, but as soon as a black person or a black kid pulls out their phone, it's going to get took. It's a problem. Mm. It's a big problem. Mm. Um, I agree with that. Like, <laughs> But there are so many other things that is, like, unsaid. Yes. Like, you you miss a day or you had something that period, and... They see you or like you come later that day, but you miss like the first or second period. That teacher's going to be like, where were you? Obviously, you think I was skipping. Obviously, you thought, you know, because like, why are you, where where were you? Like, why weren't you in class today, but you're here? But like, the same person wasn't there too, and you didn't ask them or where, where were you? Where were you yesterday? I didn't see you. Like, I'm, you know, I was clearly doing something. I know I wasn't skipping, but it's just like, I see it to me and other black kids way more than I, I don't see it to white kids at all and like or it's like you walk in there and you say something and it's like they you answer a question it's like it's of course it's an intelligent answer but it's like like we're we're in high school where we know they're like oh my god you know you're brilliant you know like you you're really smart it's like, did, did you not expect that from me? I am mm. in an AP class, you know what I mean? Like, I, I am, I do have an A in your class. I do, all my tests, I get over 80%. Like, I'm, I'm not, you can see it. There's a pattern of me currently getting good grades. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, what do you, did you expect less from me? Like, just because my skin or I'm behaving, I'm on time. They think I'm like, the I'm I'm the role model. Like, what, why, what am I, of course, I'm a role model for other black kids, but like, Am I that amazing person just because I'm well-behaved? Have you never seen a well-behaved black person? Did you expect me to be disrespectful to you in any means just because you looked at me? Like mm-hmm. They expect us to act like animals. Like, mm-hmm. like we're not, that, like we can't be sweet, like, <clears throat> in, and like be respectful. <clears throat> and I think it was a minute ago, I can't remember which one of you before we started recording, talked a little bit about like even 
feeling like the questions or the tests themselves don't necessarily always reflect you. Oh yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Like, um, what is, it was? It's like a standardized test. I don't know if it's fast testing or the MCA or so, it's not an exam. It's like something that the whole school has to take per mm-hmm. grade. It's like it's the MCA. It's like English. It's the I'm great at English. I'm a great writer. I I know how to comprehend things, but it's just like how am I supposed to answer that? Sometimes it don't even has to to do nothing with race, but you could tell like the structure of the words and the sentences. Yes, we have black people. We have our own like we have our own type of ways to speak. We say things that other people might not say, and we t- comprehend things different than what they say. And like I said earlier. The structure of education was built off a white man. It was not built for us. So how are, mm. we spo- how are we supposed to take that in? And maybe we don't, maybe we don't, you know, all do good on tests. And sometimes maybe black kids are going to excel on those tests. But that, you can tell those black kids are around a different, where they were grew up in a different environment. Mm. And it's, it's not on no, you know, like segregate. It's just like they were, they were, they adapted to um, education in a different way and not every kid can say that because those kids happen to have a Miss Keisha in their life or a mm. Mr. Michael in their life because or Mike mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you good um <laughs> having a life to to have a great black role model to be like this is what it is and sometimes when you see this you got to do that and sometimes you got to do that you can't always be like this because they might not get that or you might not be able to do that because you did that mm. uh I got know when we were like talking earlier, you talked a little bit about both racism in the school and also segregation. Can you talk about some of the ways you felt segregated as a student of color? Honestly, it's kind of hard to think of right now, but yeah, I would say maybe in just like different groups, like for example, I can say friend groups or not maybe friend groups, but groups in general, mm-hmm. like there could be one thing happening on happening over here but then another's happening over here and then you have to like pick which side you'd rather be on instead of it all being together like i don't really know how to explain it mm-hmm. but it's like there you it's know there. it's yeah. it's just there yeah do, uh and obviously like you've been to a couple of different schools do you think some schools that you've been to have felt more racially isolated than others mm yeah Okay. Yeah. Is that different? Like, what's the, what has your experience been like? It, like, I think the school you're at now is maybe a little bit more diverse, but have you been in more, predominantly more one space or the other, either one of you? I would say, I went to this elementary school. It's called Lincoln Elementary. Okay. And when I was there, it was mostly white kids, like way more than Washburn is, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, I was the only, I wasn't the only, but I was like one of the most, you can say quote unquote colored person there Mm -hmm. and then I remember making this one friend there she was also colored and the way we clicked was just it was really fast but then I realized like she's not any different from any other white kid here because how many there are and it's like so I figured this like group this community this whole school is a whole group to me of things I can't be a part of because I don't fit in Mm. like just that type of stuff it's just like when I realized yeah the Mm -hmm. feeling Mm. yeah so segregation is more like a feeling not necessarily about the numbers yeah interesting that's really profound um 
If you had to give feedback to an educator uh, about your experience as a student, and it was racialized feedback, how do you think that would be accepted, generally speaking? Um, I mean, I'm I'm guessing you're talking about a white teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never had nothing but a non-white teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, I mean, it, it depends because there's always teachers who you can see who are woke, you know what I mean, or like, can like, my history teacher, you could tell if I gave her something, some feedback, she would, like, of course, history is going to come up. There's going to be things that are hard, no matter if you're white, you're black, whatever. It's going to, your ancestors did this or they went through this. It's going to be hard, but there's things that she might read that might make me or the other black kids in the room might feels type of way and I might be like hey I did maybe you could say this or that there are teachers who are going to take this as well what do you mean that's history that's what happened you can't change that and there's going to teachers who are going to be like oh you're right you know what how how would you as a black person how would you like me to say it Mm. because I want everyone to feel like like they're not getting looked at you know, like as mm-hmm. soon there's class, there's classrooms, there's two type of classrooms. There's a classroom where they say something about a black kid and she could definitely relate because it don't matter what you look like. You're black. You're going to feel it. Yeah. Regardless if it's actually happening, you feel it because you're not. It's the community within. There's two type of classrooms. There's one classroom where they say something about your ancestors or you're black and you feel like everyone's looking at you yep. or if they're not actually physically looking at you. They're thinking about it like, oh, that's her, like, that's her. And then, like, now now they got to be all sweet to you for the rest. Like, oh, do you need me to help you pick this up? Like, do you want this? Oh, do you know the answer? Like, maybe, yes, that's my answer. I think I will know more than you. And then there's the other classroom where it's like, like my my AP history class, she'll teach something she's talking about because right now, well, at first we are talking about slavery, 1619, and now, now we're kind of in, like, the Constitution part. But throughout that whole, like, years of, all them decades and stuff it was talking about like slavery and mostly indigenous people and black people and it was like it was hard but it wasn't it was no feeling like every time they said something about us having it whatever it didn't feel like they was looking at me because it was the way she was teaching it it's all Mm. about the teacher Mm. no matter if there's racist of course there's gonna be racist or biased kids in there that like you know be jerks but at the end of the day it's the teacher if the the teacher eliminates racism in the room as soon as you walk in and she's she says the standards of the class nine times out of ten it's not happening it's not happening kid Mm. knows we're old enough to know not what to say Mm. and we're in minneapolis like we see it every day Mm -hmm. what about you yana do you think that there are educators or do you do you agree do you think there's kind of two types of classrooms or and can you feel it as soon as you walk in yeah most definitely there's actually many two different classrooms and our whole building at Washburn Mm. like half of the school are one of those two classrooms Mm. especially in history like I have coach run for history and the way he explains it it doesn't feel racist at all but I feel like if I had any other history teacher I would feel like I'm being targeted Mm. um so like I just agree with everything Hattie said Hattie said it all and shout out to my teacher Ah, <laughs> <laughs> that what an what an incredible compliment to mm-hmm. receive from both. She's of amazing. You. Those, I love you. Those teachers, I mean, those educators. Not only uh, this is a note to Minneapolis public schools. Not only do we think that's amazing, but let let's let those teachers 
inform and, and support other teachers who don't create that And she makes learning history fun. i never been in a class mm. where it's fun. Wow. Her name is Ms. Deer because she works at Washburn. She <laughs> teaches AP. <laughs> giving her a she shout out. Three, and she also does history for kids that are learning English. So you see a rotation. She's the teacher that will step out and actually help kids wow. who don't know much English. And she's that teacher. So. All right. Well, we're just about out of questions and times. It's just sort of thinking about, is there any any one sort of special memory or fun thing or endearing thing that you would want to just share or even like silly about like your time in Minneapolis public schools that you haven't mentioned yet? You want to go first? I got to think. As soon as you say that, it kind of, that kind of brings like joy, you know? And when I think of joy, I have two teachers, but I want to give this, to my other, my favorite black teacher, and I already spoke about her, Miss Keisha. She's my favorite. She will always be my favorite. Although she wasn't a teacher, she was a staff. She was a dean. And I just remember in eighth grade, the school I went to, a lot of the kids were, like, struggling. You could tell the school wasn't, a lot of the kids weren't well-behaved, and it was, you could tell because of the structural, like, just the past. And, sure. and maybe it came from home, or maybe it came from literally the education. Like, a lot of it comes from teachers not knowing how to teach. But um, when I got there, you know, Miss Keisha, as soon as the first day we was in the lunchroom, she made sure everyone knows she was in the building. She made sure. This, this this is a lady, if you step in, you know Miss Keisha's there because you're going to hear her voice and you're going to hear her teaching, making sure people know what's up. And I just remember one day, because at first I didn't think she liked me. <laughs> and, you know, when you're at a white school, it's like, of course the black teacher likes me. Like, I'm the one of the black kids. She, But this school had so much black kids, like more than 50% were black. So I'm like, she, you know, like there's so much other black kids to like. But there was one day she said something, and I was like, I just don't think you like me. She's like, you know what, Hattie? I love you. I I don't mm. don't never say that. At the end of the day, if I give you hard times, I I I care about you. I I remember this. She I don't know if it was in her office or we were outside, but like I did something, and she told me to stop doing it. And I thought she was like targeting me, you know. But I, ever since that day we clicked, like she was just like Hattie. I I care about you, and I think you're great for this school. It's like I think. I don't know she she was just always on my side after that like if I if there was ever an issue she was always on my side if there was any type of racist situation she was always there as she should but like not like how you thought she would be I mean hmm. she's amazing so what about you Yana anything any like particular story uh you mentioned Mr. Mike earlier was there any any special way that you knew he cared about you or another story you'd want to share I might bring him up again do it <laughs> Um, so I remember I was in third grade. Once again, I went to Anishinaabe and Mr. Mike, well, he was a staff for a dean there, you could say. And I remember one time it was all going out for recess and I was just so lonely. I was sitting on the bench cause mind you, it was like our first week there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting on the bench and I was like, I don't have any friends here. So I was just sitting there watching everybody play. Mr. Mike going to come out of nowhere and be like, come on, let's go on the swings. So we went on the swings and then he's like, what do you want to do next? And then we just started playing around the whole playground. He was like, he looked at me. He stopped, he stopped us from playing. He looked at me and he said, you're my favorite, but you can't tell nobody. Aww. And I was like, that's when I knew that I was going to have a good year. Wow. That I had, and then, again, I had the best year of third grade. Mm. It was good. Oh, wow. 
I think, again, this is why I really wanted to talk about this podcast and why I want to start, because I think, even though Minneapolis Public Schools have a lot of problems, mm-hmm. there are so many beautiful people doing courageous work inside of this district, and you two are incredible examples of that. So thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for being who you are in Minneapolis. I can't wait to see what you do in the future to both of you. Thank you. Thank you for having me.